The Giants are fortunate to leave New York with a win after they were shut out twice, and in the one game they did win, things looked extremely dicey in the ninth, and it looked like they might not win. And hey, strikeouts have been a huge problem for the Giants so far. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thanks for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, so check us out there if you have not already, and please smash that subscribe button if you are watching on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your baseball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game. And coming up on today's show, we've got a series to talk about. The Giants played a series in New York, and two of the games were unbelievably ugly from an offensive standpoint, and even uh, yesterday, kind of from a pitching standpoint as well. And then in between, there was a really exciting game that got way too exciting in the ninth inning. Camilo Duvall just barely hanging on, like it couldn't have been looking more like a game that they were going to lose despite having a three-run lead going into the ninth. So we're going to summarize these games and kind of take a step back and look at why some of the struggles the Giants have had. It's not doom and gloom because it's unsustainable things we're looking at. And what I'm specifically talking about is the strikeouts. So you may have noticed the Giants have struck out a lot in these games. If you didn't notice that and you've been watching these games, what they've been doing is not normal. They're striking out too much. They have struck out the most in the major leagues. If you look at their strikeout rate as a team, it is 37.3%, which is the highest in the league. Guess what? The next closest team at 30.2%. So it's not even close. The Giants have struck out more than any other team in terms of a rate basis. I would imagine the raw numbers as well. The good news here, and I tweeted this out, and I was surprised by how many people were like, are you sure? The good news is that's not going to continue. They're not going to be a team that strikes out 37% of the time. I have talked on and on about my concerns with Joey Bart and the number I give. Like Joey Bart's career strikeout rate is 38%, and the Giants so far this season have struck out 37% of the time. And so, look, last year league average was around, what was it, 228 something percent and last year the Giants were at 23 point something percent and so when all is said and done that's around where they're going to be they're going to be in the low to mid 20s and that's where the league is going to be and last year the worst team was like 25 or something 27 or something so this is just simply not going to last and so what's interesting is if we look at the numbers like the Giants have a 309 average on balls in play when they've put the ball into the field of play, which doesn't count home runs, by the way, they've had a hit 30 
1% of the time. And the issue is they just haven't done that enough. So if they put, you know, 15 more balls into play in this series, about 30% of those would have been hits. And then that makes a difference. And uh, in terms of power, they also just, they've hit some homers and they also hit some balls well, but to the deepest part of the ballpark in the loss yesterday, Jock Peterson hit one of the best balls of the day. It actually went farther, I think, than Aaron Judge's homer yesterday. But he hit it to the wrong part of the park. He hit it to dead center field. And David VR also hit a ball well, but hit it to the wrong part of the park. And so there's just, it wasn't a pretty offensive series, but it's also not something to get too worked up about. This is what happens when we're talking about small samples. If this happened in August, we would just say, wow, the Giants had a rough series. But we wouldn't say, wow, this defines the San Francisco Giants offense because it won't. It definitely won't. The strikeout rate is going to come way down from where it is. I'm not promising it's going to happen today or tomorrow or even in a week. But by the end of the year, this number is going to be in the, you know, it's going to be probably below 25%. And again, right now they're at a 37% strikeout rate. But I mean, the at-bat quality hasn't been good. Just it's unbelievable. Like the guy who started yesterday's game making his major league debut, uh, if you look at his minor league numbers in AAA last year. He wasn't a strikeout guy. He was striking out like less than 20% of hitters. And it seemed like he was just going up there and just throwing anything. And it was being swung on and missed or fouled off and then just getting strike three at will. So it's not, I'm not reading into it too much, but it's also like frustrating. And it seems It's not that they're not prepared, but it looks like they're not prepared. That's kind of the quality of that bats was like they weren't ready to face major league pitching is what it looks like. But that's baseball and it can happen in a couple game span. And then any given moment, uh, the Giants could have a great game offensively and it would turn a lot of numbers around. And so that's what we'll be looking out for. The White Sox, who the Giants play starting now, uh, they've got some some high-octane pitchers as well, including you're going to see Dylan Cease in this series, I think in the second game of the series, and he's one of the best strikeout pitchers in the game. And so, like I said, I'm not promising it's going to get better immediately, but what I am promising is Giants aren't going to strike out 37% of the time. They're not going to hit 194 as a team. They're not going to have a 282 on base, and they're not going to have a 286 slugging. All of those numbers are going to improve. And so look out Uh, moving forward for just better offense from the San Francisco Giants. And there were certainly some things to be encouraged about in this series. But coming up in just a minute, I actually want to turn our attention to the wild game two of this series. And what happened to Camilo Doval? He had such a non-issue in the spring with the pitch clock, but the pitch clock really got the better of him in his first appearance of the year. So we'll get into that crazy game two that the Giants were fortunate to win In just a minute, but before we do, this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM? I I know that I have, and I've always thought I could do a good job. When I was a kid, I wanted to take Brian Sabian's job. No offense, Brian Sabian, but that was my dream. Well, it turns out it's not that easy. This game is pretty realistic in that you've got to hire the right coaches and staff, manage team finances, scout and draft players, manage difficult personalities and injuries, navigate your franchise through free agency and all the ups and downs of a season. And it's not easy. That's I kind of enjoyed that. If it was too easy, maybe it wouldn't be as fun. But the challenge of it is what makes it great. And you can prove to yourself and your friends, compete against your friends, see which of you can 
build the best franchise together and try not to get fired because, you know, that can happen definitely in this game. You can get fired. So Locked On Giants listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com. Uh, scan the code below if you're on YouTube or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, ultimate baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, here we go. We are going to get more into what happened over the weekend in New York. The Giants fortunate to come away with the win. I would say, like I said on Friday's show, I mean, a couple of things I said turned out to be correct. Let me just be clear about that. I said in game one, that Garrett Cole was really good and one game isn't going to define them. And I said something else that I meant. I don't, I don't remember, (laughs) but what I mean is in game two, they came out and they were much better offensively. There was a much more competitive and compelling game. It got a little bit dicey, but that just goes to show you like one game, you can look horrible. And the next game you can hit a couple home runs, score seven runs and have a win. And so we could be looking at that in Chicago today. Oh, the other thing I said is that losing two out of three was always like the single most likely outcome out of a series here. You're in New York. The Yankees are one of the best teams in the American league. You're on the road was my point there. And uh, so to win two out of three, you know, it's a 67% win percentage. That's just not realistic over the long haul. And so when you kind of zoom into a single series, you should, it obviously you're going to sometimes win a series that you're not supposed to win on the road. But, you know, the single most likely thing was losing two out of three. And that's what happened when all is said and done. So nothing to get too worked up about. It's the way that the losses looked and that they got shut out twice that, doesn't make you feel good, but like I said, the good news is that it wasn't like, okay, well, that's who they are. This is not football or basketball, which I don't know as much about those sports, but what I do know is in baseball, it happens. You're going to get shut down sometimes, and it doesn't mean that you're terrible. And in fact, a lot of these offensive numbers just look completely unsustainable to me. But the middle game of the series, far by far as a Giants fan, the most entertaining game of the series, the only win... Uh, Brandon Crawford hit a big home run on a 3-0 pitch. Jock Peterson got them on the board for the first time in the season with a home run. So a couple of home runs. Yankees hit more home runs in the series. That was kind of the difference. Uh, Yankees just played better in the series. So fortunate to come away with the win. And the Giants, I mean, part of what they did in the offseason was build a seemingly better bullpen or like a focus of the offseason, a conversation point of the offseason was like this bullpen should be better than it was last year well the Giants for the first time had a lead and you know into the late innings and Taylor Rogers comes in and gives up a home run in his first appearance and so that wasn't great to see but again it's one inning of work and it doesn't define a player that's just baseball you're gonna give up runs sometimes you know when you say this guy's got a blank blank ERA It's never zero, so you're going to give up some runs. It's just like you would prefer not to give them up immediately upon your first appearance, but he gave up a home run to Josh Donaldson, made it, I think, a one-run game, and then thankfully in the ninth inning against a really good reliever too, Clay Holmes, the Yankees closer, who throws, you know, like Duvall, kind of upper 90s sink, and the Giants mounted a rally and they got a couple of runs. 
And, you know, Mike Yastrzemski hit a couple doubles in that game. People were ready to bury Mike Yastrzemski after one game in which he went 0 for 2 with a couple Ks. Uh, but a couple big doubles in the win on Saturday. And Brandon Crawford with another clutch two-out hit that scored a much-needed insurance run. It turns out they actually didn't technically need that last one. But man, did things get dicey in the ninth with Doval. And it started ominously immediately with Doval taking his sweet time coming in from the bullpen, got hit with a pitch clock violation before he even threw a pitch. And so immediately it was 1-0. You've got a three-run lead. It's like, okay, just pound the zone and you'll be all right. But still, you don't like to see it. But then it was clear he didn't have his good command. And so you start off 1-0 and then it was, I think it went to 3-0 and I cannot remember the exact sequence of, of events, but I believe he walked the leadoff hitter. And... He eventually got a strikeout on a pitch that I think was a ball. Uh, Umpiring in this series, man, I forgot how frustrating it is watching baseball with these umpires. (laughs) They're doing the best they can, but turns out the computers are just a million times better than the humans. And so it's really frustrating. I'm sure like most of you listening, some people are like purists like Mike Kruko with all due respect, was talking about how he thought the umpire did a good job yesterday. I thought it was a horrible zone yesterday. Uh, At some big moments, just calling strikes, the count makes such a huge difference. And to get him this clearly wrong so often, it hurts. And so anyway, uh, Duvall got some help, didn't get some help at times, but he got a strikeout. A run had scored in the inning, and it ended up being bases loaded. Duvall's melting down. He started another hitter with an automatic ball. I think it was once the bases were loaded to Giancarlo Stanton, up by two runs with one out. And so you're a single away from tying the game. You're an extra base hit away from the Yankees walking it off. And it's raining. Duvall just doesn't look comfortable. He's digging at the mound. He just... He looked like the game sped up on him and he had no way to slow it down. And that's one of the things about the pitch clock is that you got to figure out a way to slow it down, but you kind of can't because that clock is ticking every single time. Uh, So mound visits, asking for a new baseball, using those techniques. I think he'll be fine ultimately, but it was a problem in this game. Uh, So automatic ball again to start and at bat with the bases loaded when you're already unraveling looked bad. And then... Ball two, so it's two and zero. Oh. It just it's looking like it's he's gonna blow the save, and then on the next pitch he throws a upper nineties sinker, kind of up and a little bit in, and thankfully Stanton didn't just deposit it into the left field bleachers. But that's the thing about Doval's sinker; he gets a lot of ground balls on it, and. 6-4-3 double play. It was close at second. It was close at first with Estrada keeping his foot on the bag with Wade scooping it out of the dirt. We haven't credited. I didn't see anybody really credit him with a huge scoop there to scoop that ball out of the dirt, but he kind of like juggled the ball in his glove a little bit. So it wasn't entirely clear if they were going to call that maybe he didn't have possession of the ball by the time he was off the bag or when he was still on the bag. And anyway, so they reviewed the call at second and the call at first. So torture, total torture in this middle game. And the umpires confirmed the call at or the call at second stood and the call at first was confirmed or vice versa, whatever it was, it was a win for the Giants and just absolute torture, but they got it done. So like I said, I feel like they were fortunate to come away from this series with a win, always the most likely. The White Sox are not quite as good, but you know, in Chicago on the road, 
probably losing two out of three is the most likely, but I think it's a little more even in the terms in terms of the possibility that the Giants could be the team winning two out of three. And of course, a sweep is always the least likely outcome one way or the other, but of course they happen. So I would look for hopefully the Giants to win two out of three, but if they lose two out of three, it's not the end of the world, but you don't want to be two and four, but it's that's also not something that's going to totally doom you. So coming up in just a minute, we're going to get to some some roster news. Joey Bart was supposed to start the second game of the series. We had just learned that the Giants had signed Gary Sanchez to a minor league deal, which seemingly threatens Bart's position on the roster. Bart was supposed to start game two, and then he didn't. We'll get into why in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's the time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know that I'll be voting for Cookie Dough. It is my absolute favorite, and you can check out yours or vote for yours. And and all of us Locked On hosts, we've been talking about what our favorite bars are for Built Bar, and you can get a million different answers. That's because Built has so many flavors, and they're all delicious, like candy bar flavors, and yet they come in with a healthy profile, which is incredible. When you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, one Locked On fan will get a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while while you're there. You can vote every day in March. March is over, but... uh, I think you can still vote, so hop in and support your pick. All right, here we go. We're going to provide some injury updates. Uh, Joey Bart, he was already, his roster spot was already kind of seeming a little bit precarious, and then he's supposed to make this start in the second game of the series, and then he has to go on the injured list uh, with a back sprain. He gets an MRI, and it reveals a I've seen conflicting reports. Some people are saying a mid-back sprain and some are saying a mild back sprain. It seems like there was some confusion as to if is the L in there or not in mid, you know, M-I-L-D or just M-I-D. But anyway, I actually saw the Giants official report and it was, a, I forget too what it said. I think it said a mid-back strain. And so I'm not sure that we know that it's mild, except Gabe Kapler did say that they expect it to not take very long and just kind of take the minimum 10 days. And so there's the whole question. There's a lot of questions about this. Number one, are they really just going to roll with Blake Sable and Roberto Perez as the two catchers on the roster? So Sable did catch Stripling yesterday. Stripling, by the way, had a kind of rough outing, gave up three homers, only four runs, but you know, they kind of teed off on him a little bit, which is what we saw in that final exhibition game against the A's. So that's something to look out for if he can turn it around, which, you know, it's one game. So let's not get too crazy about it. But also, so like, there's the Gary Sanchez angle. The The thing about Sanchez is he didn't play in spring training. And so the reports that we have is that he's going to go to the Giants minor league facility in Scottsdale at Papago Park and like ramp up and then get sent to an affiliate, which we all assume is going to be AAA. And then he's got this opt-out where if he's not in the big leagues by May 1st, end of April, then he can leave his deal. And and we also learned that it's a $4 million prorated contract for time spent in the major league. So if he spends, you know, 
if he comes up May 1st and he spends five out of six months in the big leagues, he'll get five out of six times four million. Uh, so anyway, Joey Bart, like he basically he has to perform, I think, in the month of April, but it hurts him to be going on the injured list immediately. So there's the question about will Joey Bart perform? How long will this back injury keep him out? And in the meantime, is it are they really just going to let Sable and Perez be the two catchers? That was my initial prediction when I was guessing about what the Giants uh, opening day roster was going to be. I guessed Sable because I thought they wanted to keep him and they had to have him in the major leagues because he's a rule five pick. And then I thought Roberto Perez had the best shot of anybody to actually make this team. And so I wouldn't be too shocked if just for now, because they want to get a look at Sable, that's kind of the deal. When you're a rule five pick, they need to see how you do. And so to have him be like the only other catcher, it's going to be a lot of playing time because he's also their starting left fielder right now. So it's like, is he ever going to get a day off? I guess if you face a lefty, he you'd probably start Perez behind the plate and have uh, some... I would normally, you know, Hanniger and Slater help out as a right-handed hitter in the outfield, but they don't have those guys. And so maybe Yaz plays left and like Bryce Johnson makes a start against a lefty with Conforto in right. Conforto, by the way, still totally struggling at the plate, but it is three games. But look for him to break out eventually. I mean, he's not going to be this bad, obviously. Just another, I see like the positives in some of these things. You're not like Conforto's done nothing at all. And so, of course, he's not going to do nothing at all all season. He's a good player and eventually he's going to break through and help them score some runs. And hopefully that starts today. But anyway, just uh, they may need to call up a catcher and Blake Sable has one hit, but it was a bunt hit. So he's going to have to start hitting. Uh, He's going to get some time, not just three days. But while Bart is on the injured list, this is a real opportunity for Sable to prove that he deserves to stick on this roster because if Sable struggles over a couple weeks, two, three weeks, then it's probably him who's at the greatest risk of not sticking around. So anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Oh, by the way, Sean Jelly was added to the roster when Bart roster when Bart went on the IL. Jelly made his season debut yesterday, was a little bit wild. I mean, pretty wild and cost them some runs late in the game with wildness. But it's one game and normally he's a control guy. And so I would maybe geeked up. That's the thing is guys making their season debuts, they're often geeked up and you just let them kind of settle into the season and then see what you have. And yeah, you need more than a series. You need about a month and a half at least before you can really make a strong evaluation of your team. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy strategies. Find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thank you so much in advance. And thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Talking about today's game in Chicago. It is Michael Kopech, who's got a pretty big arm against Anthony DiSclefani and maybe Sean Manaya piggybacking him. That's also been a theme early. They've done some piggybacking with Jelly and with Junis and kind of saving the pen with these piggybacks. So we'll see how that plays out today against a very right-handed lineup. So anyway, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.